Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Putting your inner circle to work. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio with Whit Mitchell today. And Witt is a great friend, part of the Price Associates team. He is on staff for the Complete Leader Program. He's an executive coaching and team dynamics specialist. And he uses a methodology we're going to dive in today called Inner Circle Coaching. He blends one-on-one coaching, web-based behavior tools, and team accountability to create high-performing leaders. Also the author of Working in Sync. Whit, great to have you with us today. Uh, wonderful, Dale, to be here. I love coming to your studio. So tell us about you. What gets you out of bed every morning with a level of enthusiasm when those feet hit the floor? Dale, making a difference in other people's lives. And it really began when I was six years old and I was observing my mother and uh, going on trips with my mother to hospitals. Uh, one of the daily events that she had was taking a blind woman to dance class, and her life has been built around helping other people that are maybe a little less advantaged than we are. And what that's done is it's turned me into my profession of coaching and helping others develop and pull out the best in them. And the book is Working in Sync. It's been on the. It's been out for uh, just since a, 2013. Two three years. Yeah. Two years. So tell me about what that book has done for you in living out your personal mission of helping others. Well, the book's a little different in that uh, it's based on my coaching of Dartmouth athletes in the sport of rowing, and 11 out of 18 of them returned for their 25th reunion in Hanover, New Hampshire, and said, "Hey, coach, you got to come down for dinner." And sure enough, I showed up, and each of them during our five-hour dinner gave me some understanding of how they'd taken the lessons learned out on the Connecticut River rowing and turned them into professional success in many of their businesses. And right now, many of them are very high performers. Uh, Google, working for Google, uh, CFO for Kickstart in San Francisco, one of the top venture capitalists in the world. It's on and on. And uh, so the stories that are related in the book are What did I learn in a sport and how did I turn it into success in my personal and professional life? Great stories. Fantastic. It's a book worth reading, definitely, for our listeners. So let's dive in. Our topic today, putting your inner circle to work. We're going to get a better understanding of this process that you use with high-performing leaders as you work with them on that path toward but never arrive at complete leadership. So... um, What is it? What is inner circle coaching? What does it look like? If you can imagine a sun and planets around it, the sun is the person who I coach. So the CEO, CFO, somebody in a high position of leadership. And the inner circle are those people that are stakeholders, executives, executive team members, five to seven people that are invested in helping that leader perform at a higher level than they're performing. And it's usually around based around behavioral change. We hire for skill, we fire or leave based on behavior. So I'm really a behavioral coach. So how do you start to identify some of those key behaviors, especially the ones that you want to change or improve upon? Sometimes I use a 360-degree survey, but I'm, I'm doing uh, written. I'm doing more work where I'm asking them to identify the five to seven key stakeholders or inner circle influencers 
And then I'm interviewing each of them to get their understanding, their impression, their observations about what is this person doing really well and what are some areas of expertise or behaviors that he or she could improve upon. So I get a lot of data, look for the common themes, address the leader, and then he and I or she and I decide on the specific behavior they're going to master. How do you work to encourage honesty and transparency through that process, especially with with those those folks the 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 if you call the the person you're coaching the CEO the sun how do you get those planets to give you a very clear picture well first when i meet with them i tell them that anything we say i start right off is confidential between the two of us however i need their information in an anonymous fashion to be able to uh, gather and look for the common theme. So the difference between anonymity and confidentiality is anonymity. I tell them, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. R give me your answers. Those will show up in front of the person I'm coaching, the son, so to speak. And if you have anything confidential, I'm not going to write it down, but I'm going to put it in the Rolodex of my brain. And if I see it show up over and over again, I'll figure out a way to bring it up. But I tell all of them that it's anonymous. And then I need to build trust quite quickly with each of them. And you also use this process called feed forward. I think we're, we're all used to hearing feedback, but you, you've chosen feed forward. Well, I got that term, and I'm going to give Marshall Goldsmith some credit for this model that we talked about, Inner Circle, as well as feed forward. Feedback is what's happened in the past. So you're getting feedback about something you've already done and can't, can't go back and change. Feed forward is a much more proactive way of uh, getting information that's going to help you move forward. So instead of hearing about what you've done in the past, it's, I'd like to get better at listening. So I ask them to go ask 10 or 12 people to give them a tip or two on, give me one or two suggestions, Dale, on how I could be a better listener. Somebody might say, look somebody in the eye. Stop interrupting. Summarize your conversations. Now I've got 10 or 12 tips that I can give to the person I'm working with, and they can choose one or two as behavioral change in order to develop mastery of listening. So for the person, the executive who's uh, driving into work this morning, listening to this podcast, what are a few key questions that they could start this process themselves and start getting some, some true, honest, uh, feed-forward statements from coworkers? Well, I do ask them to think about a behavior that they're pretty good in now that if they got 10 to 15% better at, they could significantly impact their life personally, professionally, and the lives of the people that they work with. Clients, direct reports, executive team. I ask them, do not pick the one that you're the worst at because you're, at the, you're, at, you're the worst at it because you haven't practiced it and you're not good at it. So instead of picking that and trying to get really good at time management, find somebody else that can help you with that, neutralize that. But let's pick something that you can be really good at getting better at, 10 to 15%. Watch what happens. And it's just one thing? It's just one thing. Be a better listener. What might happen if somebody's a better listener? Well, they might be more patient, which would give them more ideas, which might develop into new products, which might develop into... Um, New products are going to develop into new revenue. So all of a sudden, listening can really impact their world. Now, for those executives that you've led through this process, both inner circle coaching and the feed forward 
technique. Uh, what have, what kind of results have you seen through that process? There was one team that I worked with. Uh, it was not. It was great because it was set up where it was the the uh, leader of a small team. Two people had left. In fact, two women. So there was some talk of discrimination, and they wanted me to come in and stop the bleeding, and take the team that he had and see if we could get him to make some changes and each of them to make some changes as well, which is part of the process, and see what we could do with this team. This team was number 38 in sales, and in nine months what we did by each person uh, identifying a behavior to master, the whole team changed, got better, and they ended up nine months later as number two in sales. So they connected better with each other. There was more openness, honesty, trust, collaboration, stress levels went down, and their connections with their clients went up, sales went up in nine months. That was a tremendous impact to the organization and to them. They talked about words like family, fun, feel invigorated, uh, more integrity amongst the team. So the whole team shifted. We've talked about the value proposition of this style of coaching, both both the inner circle and that feed forward piece. And the idea that all of a sudden um, you've got an executive with a team of people around her or him that are, that are helping get that person better all the time. That's, that's a, a huge piece that we often don't see. We don't see it because, and, and I didn't mention this early on, I've alluded to it, but what I do is ask the person in the center who I'm coaching to change behavior, but I ask each of the other people. So that develops empathy right away because they're saying, wow, he's changing listening and I'm changing being more patient or more positive or more objective or whatever, better team player. So all of them are working on something together and you'll watch after three or four months, the culture at the top shifts. So the whole thing starts to work where everybody's working in sync, so to speak, and getting better at one thing. So it's like throwing one pebble in a pond, the ripples hit the shore, you throw eight pebbles in and the waves are bigger. And people notice the change, they help each other out, they're giving open and honest feedback where before they were scared. So the whole culture opens up. Did you, did you see this at play and at work when you were coaching rowing? So rowing's a little different, but what you have with rowing, and what I was fortunate and I really appreciated and enjoyed, was as the freshman coach at Dartmouth, I only had two people that had ever rowed before. I had 16 others that had never rowed before. So I had the two guys that had rowed before really help the others along. And as their confidence built, they started pushing the guys that knew how to row. So they started pushing one another. And then we started racing against the varsity, and we were keeping up with the varsity. So all of a sudden, their confidence build. It's the same thing that happens at work. Once people can see how they can work together and build each other's confidence, they can do anything. So out of this, um, you're, working, you're working with clients on a regular basis. Any other aha moments that you've experienced as you see an executive start to pull his circle around him or her get a better idea of how to build those competencies, and then it, then it plays out? You know, the answer is going to be maybe different than you thought, but what happens is, because I meet with the executive uh, two or three times a month, and each of their inner circle once a month, and some of the personal stuff starts to play into it. 
I'm having a better relationship with my wife. I'm seeing my kids more often. There's more balance in my life. I'm exercising more. I'm taking a vacation where I haven't in two years. So as they develop these new behaviors and start to fine-tune those, they bring those home with them, and people are sharing with me stories that sometimes just bring tears to my eyes about a family that's changing or a relationship that's changing that was on the rocks that I didn't know about. So that, to me, as I said when I started this, making a difference in other people's lives, not just professionally, but it feeds in and seeps into the personal relationships as well. And it just as I'm speaking, it gives me tingles. It, it just does the world to me. Because we know that the personal life, the professional life, so closely interwoven. So, they are. So coming up uh, in a future conversation that we're going to have on this podcast, we're going to be talking about how this process can also help reveal some blind spots for leaders. We're looking forward to that conversation. If you would like to get in touch with Wit, all of his contact information in the show notes of this episode, we'd also ask that you go to iTunes, that you would subscribe to this podcast while you are there. If you would rate it, hopefully we've earned a five-star rating from you. Write a review. That helps, uh, that helps us push this podcast higher up the list with iTunes, and we definitely appreciate that so that this information makes it into more ears and gets uh, to a place where it helps more people as well. And we definitely thank you for spending your time with us. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 